0: H <coughs> then <coughs> everybody, Pastor Eli James here along with Dan from Georgia to Genesis to Revelation. Today is 22 and today we're going to re-record what we did last week because the sound quality was really bad. I was working on a new laptop that I bought and it just had not integrated the sound properly so it was very, very garbled. I couldn't even understand what what we were saying on the recording after listening to it. So let's do it all over because it's very important stuff from Deuteronomy chapter 16 to 20. And I noticed when the music was playing, there were brief interruptions, hesitations. We have a really strong rainstorm coming through central Illinois. So it may affect our sound quality a bit, but nothing like last week. So Dan, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: Okay. Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 16.
0: 16.
1: Here we go. Verse 1. Observe the month of Abib, and keep the Passover unto Yahweh thy God. For in the month did Yahweh thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto Yahweh thy God of the flock and the herd, in the place which Yahweh shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt not eat no leavened bread with it seven days shall thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. And there shall be no leavened bread seen with thee in all thy coasts seven days, neither shall there anything of the flesh which thou sacrificed the first day at every at even, Remain all night until the morning. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates, which Yahweh thy God gives thee, but at the place which Yahweh thy God shall choose to place his name in, there thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at evening, at the going down of the sun, at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt, and thou shalt roast and eat it in the place which Yahweh thy God shall choose. And thou shalt turn in the morning and go unto thy tents. Six days thou shalt eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly to Yahweh thy God. Thou shalt do no work therein. Verse 9, we're talking about the feast of weeks. Seven weeks shalt thou number unto thee. Begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the corn. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto Yahweh thy God with a tribute of a freewill offering of thine hand, which thou shalt give unto Yahweh thy God according as Yahweh thy God has blessed thee. And thou shalt rejoice before Yahweh thy God, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you in the place which Yahweh, thy God, has chosen to place his name there. <clears throat> Verse 12, and thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in Egypt, and thou shalt observe and do these statutes.
0: Okay, now we so, come. yeah, yeah Feast, of Booths, that, Feast, Feast of Booths, Feast of Weeks, also known as Pentecost. The uh, free will offering, we've run into this expression many times, a couple dozen times at least uh, throughout the Old Testament. And it's very important that people understand that, uh, well, here it says, free will offering is from Nadabah, properly or abstractly spontaneity, or adjectivally spontaneous, also concretely (laughs) spontaneousness, or by inference per abundant gift, free will offering, freely, okay? So... There's people, even in identity, who don't believe that we have free will. Okay, so we obviously do because the, we, Yahweh would not have given us the Ten Commandments to obey if, if we didn't have free will. Otherwise, He'd be doing it for us, He'd be sinning on our behalf, and He'd be forgiving a, a, His own sins on, on our behalf. It doesn't make any sense, okay? The few times, well, actually there's many times when Yahweh does intervene in our affairs as a nation and as individuals. You can't extrapolate that, such as the the incident where Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, okay? And you can't extrapolate from that one incident and maybe a few others to suggest that we don't have free will, okay, but that's that's what they do they They extrapolate from a few incidents like that and say well he he's he's responsible for everything, okay, and we are responsible for nothing. Well, if that's the case, then what's the point of all this? <laughs> mm-hmm. If we don't make our own choices, then uh you know Yahweh is to blame for everything then okay, so that's kind of a really you know nebulous position <laughs> to take so but the, the important thing here is with regard to politics. We are supposed to give of our own free will. There is nothing obligatory here in terms of, of uh, generosity, okay, uh, You know, giving of yourself to others. There's nothing obligatory here. It's all, as the word here says, spontaneous or of your own free will. Back to you. All right. Verse 13, we're talking about the Feast of Booths now. Thou shalt observe
1: the Feast of Tabernacles seven days after that thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite, the stranger and the
0: fatherless and the widow that are within thy gates. Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't uh, oh no, another feast, do I, <laughs> I have to go? Yeah. Right, have a good time.
1: Verse 15, seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto Yahweh thy God in the place which Yahweh shall choose. Because Yahweh thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hands, therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before Yahweh thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread and in the feast of weeks and in the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before Yahweh empty. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of Yahweh thy God, which
0: he has given thee. Okay, that's a suggestion. It, it is somewhat of a commandment, right? Because Yahweh expects you to share what you've got with others, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I just looked up the word uh, uh, and translated it as solemn feast. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was just telling everybody to be happy and, and joyous. Now it says solemn. But here uh it's cogog, a primitive root, properly to move in a circle. Hmm. The Ku Klux Klan would be interested in this definition. That is specifically to march in a sacred procession to observe a festival, by implication to be giddy <laughs> celebrate, dance. Keep hold, uh, a solemn feast. So giddy and solemn in our language don't really go together, but that's what this says. Okay. So anyway, be giddy while you're being solemn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> be. You, I guess you can do both. Back to you.
1: I think it's interesting too, at the beginning of the chapter, how it talked about, uh, Keeping the month observe the month of Abib, which is actually if we follow the solar calendar, which we should, mm-hmm. that first month should be in what we what is our March right now, and right. The, the spring spring equinox is actually the first day of that's, the year on the solar
0: calendar. That's right. Actually, we're coming right up on. I think it's usually around March 22nd when the or 21st when the uh, equinox comes. So we're coming up right on the equinox uh, very, very shortly. And then Passover uh, will, will be the 14 days later, okay? And that's uh, usually around April 3rd. So we're coming up on the, the feast days uh, very, very soon. All right, that mm-hmm. is you. Okay. Yep. Verse 18,
1: <clears throat> judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which Yahweh thy God gives thee throughout thy tribes. And they shall judge the people with just judgment. Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift or a bribe, is what they're talking about. For a gift does blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. That which is altogether just shall follow, shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live and inherit the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee. Thou shalt not plant Thee a grove of any trees near unto the altar of Yahweh thy God which thou shalt make thee neither shalt thou set up the any image which Yahweh thy God hates and that concludes chapter 16 of Deuteronomy so okay. now so we're going the, into
0: chapter seventeen. yeah so the commands against idol worship uh you know uh, are continuous yeah so i I, I guess this is, this is a very important command because this is really what distinguished the Israelites from the other tribes all over the place, okay, especially the Canaanites. Our people are not to worship images, and that is one thing that sets us apart from them. And the fact is, you know, what we call, uh, uh, well, ha- having only one God, one supreme God, whereas the other uh, peoples around the area, not, not just the Canaanites, but just about everybody else, Worshipped multitudes of gods, or at least a a pantheon of gods, which were usually, you know, forces of nature like thunder, lightning, uh, you know, water, air, etc. And then they would offer sacrifices to these various different gods, okay? So the Israelites were not supposed to do that, and that's what set us apart from everybody else, okay? Not because we were good bankers. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay. All right.
1: Well, he told us to separate ourselves.
0: That's right. All throughout Scripture we're Mm. told that.
1: Chapter 17. Thou shalt not sacrifice unto Yahweh thy God any bullock or sheep wherein is blemish, or any evil favoredness. That is an abomination unto Yahweh thy God. If there be found among you within any of thy gates which Yahweh thy God gives thee, man or woman that has wrought wickedness in the sight of Yahweh thy God, in transgressing his covenant, and has gone and served other gods, and worshipped them, either the sun or the moon or the host, any of the host of heaven, which I have not commanded. And it be told thee, and thou hast heard of it, and inquired diligently, and behold, it be true, and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought in Israel. Then shalt thou bring forth that man or that woman which have committed that wicked thing unto thy gates even that man or that woman, and shall stone them with stones till they die.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Well, um, it's very interesting. Death yeah, death penalty for idol worship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and uh, well, um, all other sorts of uh, crimes that uh, deserve the death penalty, but idol worship is very important here. But I think it also is uh, referring to uh, offering an unclean sacrifice. Which uh, brings us back to what Cain did, he did not mm-hmm. offer his first fruits to Yahweh, he gave him second best. <laughs> he kept the best for himself, yeah, okay, if, it,
1: if even may not even been second best may yeah, right
0: <laughs> <different> <laughs> <six>. bottom of, <laughs> might have been the bottom of the barrel, right, yeah, but uh I've been doing a lot of research lately i I may do a show about it uh, very soon regarding the the nighttime sky in the ancient world where there were all kinds of comets and um, supernovas and planetary uh, engagements going on in the ancient world, probably before Noah's flood, that uh, were very, very impressive. Lightning bolts, you know, uh, lighting up the sky, et cetera, et cetera, which uh, was very impressive to those people. Who were obviously, you know, somewhat primitive. They're, they weren't, they weren't cave people like the th- fable of evolution, you know, uh, suggests. But they were, you know. Civilized, they were civilized people, but very impressed by the forces of nature, as we should be today, right? Floods yeah. and hurricanes and storms like that. So we're still impressed, but we don't worship these storms as if they were gods. Okay, so this is uh, you know, so don't be that impressed by uh, forces of nature, even though they might kill you, <laughs> right? So some perspective there. Back to you.
1: Verse six. At the mouth of two witnesses, or three witnesses, shall he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. The hands of the witnesses shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterward, the hands of all the people. So thou shalt put
0: the evil away from among you. Okay, so don't believe any rumors. Always give uh, someone who's been accused a chance to defend himself or herself. Okay, I mean, you can see uh jurisprudence that the world goes by is contained right there, okay,
1: because if you accuse somebody of something that's not true, then you and and it's and it's not true, then you are to be sentenced that, that given that same judgment that's that right, you can accuse them of
0: that's right, and uh, that's civilized folks <laughs> mm-hmm. Modern punishment uh, techniques are not civilized; they let the guilty get away with murder, literally, yeah.
1: Stick them in a cage and let the taxpayers feed the right. and support them.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Verse eight: If there are, arise a matter too hard for thee in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then shalt thou arise and get thee up into the place which Yahweh thy God shall choose, and thou shalt come unto the priests the Levites. <clears throat> and unto the judge that shall be in those days, and inquire. And they shall show thee the sentence of judgment. And thou shalt do according to the sentence, which they of that place which Yahweh shall choose shall show thee. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform thee. According to the sentence of the law which they shall teach thee, and according to the judgment which they shall tell thee, thou shalt do. Thou shalt not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee, to the right hand, nor to the left. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that stands to minister before there, before Yahweh thy God or unto the people, even that man shall die and thou shalt put away evil from Israel. And all the people shall hear and fear and do no
0: more presumptuously. Okay, so the final word of the judge <clears throat> is final. <laughs> all right, take your punishment. Okay. Verse fourteen
1: When thou art come into the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt set in any wise thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom Yahweh thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother.
0: Okay, uh, boy, we missed this. The vote on oh, this one today. Don't yeah, you? yeah. But the churches too, right? Not just governments. Yep. You know We we had Obama here for eight years. Mm-hmm. What a, a what an abomination he was, right? And then uh, the Catholic Church and even uh, the Anglican Church have like black. Uh, bishops and archbishops and that sort of thing. So a uh, total violation of Deuteronomy 17:15. It's mm-hmm. amazing, right? Really amazing. Okay. Verse 16,
1: but he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as Yahweh has said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. I think King Solomon probably violated all three of these.
0: Right, right. I think the Mormons do too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have too many wives. You have too many responsibilities and duties and all that stuff. How can you pay attention to Yahweh? Yeah.
1: Right. But however, though, speaking of the the, uh, polygamy issue, uh-huh. It only says this is only about kings here. This is right. regarding regular people, but I, I still think
0: it's, it, it is being a lot of responsibility for, oh, for any man. It's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering how many of those Mormons are on welfare, <laughs> being a burden yeah. on the state, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse eighteen.
1: And it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites, and shall be with him. And he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear Yahweh, his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do
0: them. Okay. uh, Hold on. This is still talking about the king, right? Yeah. The king is supposed to learn the law and obey it. How many kings have done that? not very many not very many <laughs> Josiah was one of the few mm-hmm. so and uh, certainly in modern times uh very very few all of the royal houses of europe i'm not so sure about the um austrians uh they were a pretty tame bunch right there wasn't a lot of scandal going on in the austrian court but certainly the french court the british court you know it was one scandal after another so there's no doubt that these monarchs did not obey Yahweh's laws while they were ruling.
1: And we'll get to that when we get into kings, and we'll see just how many bad yeah. kings that we had. There were a lot right,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll, I'll see if I can keep a count
1: of which ones were actually
0: good. As <laughs> I would say
1: 90% of them were bad.
0: That's right. We... <clears throat> yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, verse 20, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren. Speaking of the king. And that he turn not aside from the commandment, to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, He and his children in the midst of Israel.
0: Okay, long live the king, right?? Yep. Okay. And now we come to
1: chapter eighteen. The priests and the, Le- the priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of Yahweh made by fire and his inheritance.
0: Okay, so the basic meaning of this that the uh, Levites, the tribe of Levi, did not get any property, no property inheritance. And they got no land whatsoever, so they would live in the cities or in the uh, wherever the worship was held uh, in uh, in those tribes. Okay, so but nevertheless, they still had offspring and it's a line of descent. Uh, dedicated to Yahweh of priests, okay? So, but they had no uh, property of their own except, you know, know, whatever house they lived in, but no land was given to them. They they had to live off the donations of the other Israelites, okay? Verse two,
1: therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. Yahweh is their inheritance, as he has said unto them. And this shall be the priests due from the people from them that offer a sacrifice, whether it be ox or sheep. And they shall give unto the priest the shoulder, and the two cheeks, and the maw, the firstfruits also of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the first of the fleece of thy sheep shalt thou give him. For Yahweh thy God has chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of Yahweh, mm-hmm. him and his sons forever." And if a Levite come from any of thy gates out of all Israel, where he sojourned, and come with all the desire of his mind unto the place which Yahweh shall choose, then he shall minister in the name of Yahweh his God, as all his brethren the Levites do, which stand before Yahweh. They shall have like portions to eat beside that which cometh of the sale of his patrimony.
0: Okay, sale of his patrimony. Okay, Um, trying to figure out what that means. Sale of his patrimony. Uh, Patrimony
1: is comes from the Hebrew
0: word all that says
1: father in a literal, immediate or figurative and remote application.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, so he's definitely the head of the household, right? But mm-hmm. uh, uh, keep reading. I'll see if uh, I can find this expression on the net because uh, I'm right. not exactly sure what that means. Okay. Back to you. Abominable
1: practices beginning with verse 9. When thou art come into the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter pass, to pass through the fire or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch. And we can remember who who the the great enchanter was in Genesis,
0: right? Right, Right, exactly. And of course, passing through the fire is throwing living babies into the fires of Molech.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Or a
1: charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto Yahweh. And because of these abominations, Yahweh thy God does drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with Yahweh thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, Yahweh thy God has not suffered thee to do so. Mm -hmm. Verse 15.
0: All right. Yahweh, oh, thy God. Uh, sorry. Okay. So, uh, not much commentary here, but in Leviticus 25:32-33, it is stated that if the Levites sold that which pertained to their cities, then they could redeem it any time, and if not, it would be returned to them in the jubilee. The subsequent verse, however, concedes that the land which surrounded these cities could not be sold. So. Uh, regarding their cities i guess the if uh, if a levite fell on hard times he could sell off some of his possessions okay but here he had land so at least he, uh, he he had land to maybe do some farming on his own not sure okay but anyway so they would be able to sell off some of their holdings and uh, make money in the process but then that would be redeemable or actually uh, it would go back to him automatically at jubilee so so whoever bought whatever that was uh, would only have it until the next Jubilee, and that should be understood by all Israel. Okay, back to you.
1: Verse 15, Yahweh thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desired of Yahweh thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of Yahweh my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore that I die not. And Yahweh said unto me, They have well spoken which spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. It shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which Yahweh has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, if the thing doesn't follow or come to pass, that is the thing which Yahweh has not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shall not be afraid of
0: him. Now it's interesting. In modern times, there have been very few such prophets, if any. The only one that I think comes close is Seer van Rensburg in South Africa, who was a true visionary, and he predicted uh, World War One and Two. He uh, predicted the outcomes of battles uh, between the Boers and the British, and. Uh, He actually understood that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were the enemies of the Boer people, and he was a a user of the sacred names. So I don't know if he spoke prophecies using the sacred name. The book that Michael and I are reading from, uh, a biography of uh, his life on Sunday mornings, uh, does not mention, uh, at least not so far, whether he was a uh, sacred name user. Most of the Boer people that I know are. Okay, they they totally use Yahweh and Yeshua uh, in their speech about Scripture. Okay, so uh, but he predicted many things that came true literally, you know, very literally came true, not just metaphorically. So uh, the, other than him, I don't know of any other people. There were a lot of healers, a lot of faith healers among Israel in modern times, but very very few prophets. Okay. Not since Joshua. (laughs) And of course, uh, Paul was a prophet and Mm -hmm. so were the apostles. But after the apostolic era, not much, not much prophecy, accurate prophecy. Back to you. Chapter 19. When Yahweh thy God has cut off the
1: nations whose land Yahweh thy God gives thee and has and thou succeedest them and dwell in their cities and in their houses, Thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which Yahweh thy God gives thee to possess it. Thou shalt prepare thee away and divide the coasts of thy land, which Yahweh thy God gives thee to inherit, into three parts, that every slayer may flee
0: there. Okay, so I think he's referring to each tribe should do this. So if that's the case, there are 12 tribes, so there had to be 36, 36. C- cities of refuge. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing uh, uh, that's got to be the case because, uh, you know, you can't expect people to go very, very far from one tribal territory to another. You know, it should stay within the tribe, I would think. Okay, back to you. Verse 4.
1: And this is the case of the slayer, which shall flee thither, that he may live. Whoso killeth his neighbor ignorantly, whom he hated not in time past. As when a man goes into the woods with his neighbor to hew wood, And his hand fetches a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree. And the head head slips from the health and lights upon his neighbor that he die. He shall flee unto one of those cities and live. Lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer while his heart is hot and overtake him, because the way is long, and slay him. Whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. Wherefore I command thee, saying... Thou shalt separate three cities for thee, and if Yahweh thy God enlarge thy coast, as He has sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which He promised to give unto thy fathers,
0: Uh, that thou uh, shalt
1: keep all these.
0: Yeah, sorry to interrupt here, but uh, verse six Uh uh, is is clearly uh, ruling out premeditated murder. Okay, so again, it shows that our jurisprudence is totally based on the Bible. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, so you made an axe, you didn't secure the head of the axe properly and accidentally killed somebody. Right. But you should you're still responsible because you should have fastened that head of the axe to the to the stock. Right. And you didn't do it Mm -hmm. properly, but 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 you didn't premeditate that. But now you have a chance to get away if you can outrun the Avenger (laughs) to (laughs) to, to the gates of that city. You know, uh, and, and uh, get, have the city open up the gates for you before the Avenger gets to you. Good luck, right? At least mm-hmm. Yahweh gives you an opportunity to uh, 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 declare yourself in a, and uh, maybe make amends to the uh, Avenger, if possible. Very interesting stuff. Back to you. Verse nine:
1: If thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day to love Yahweh thy God and to walk ever in his ways. Then shalt thou add three cities more for thee, beside these three. So there, we say in here, I guess we can add another three. Right. So it sounds like. For yeah, each yeah. tribe.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess because as the population increases, I guess all of the the people fleeing the Avengers <laughs> might yeah. run into each other, right? So, yeah, as the population increases. So this is uh, – this is the only type of confinement that uh, we can find here in the Old Testament is the cities of refuge
1: there is no prison system in God's word
0: no no not that I can see uh, so uh, and if somebody flees now of course let's say there's going to be a trial and you don't show up for trial then uh, you know you could be you know sought out you know and maybe put in put in prison for a while until the um, Judgment is ruled, or maybe that's done in absentia, I'm not sure. So uh you know, I, I don't know if anybody's done a study of exactly this process, whether there was a such thing as a prison. There was in New Testament times because they put Yahshua in prison mm-hmm. overnight. So does okay. Paul was
1: in prison too.
0: Right, but that was and not John the ru- John Right. Was on right. Isle
1: of Patmos prison,
0: but that was ruled so. by the Romans and by the Pharisees, right? Yeah. So yep. whether or not Israel actually had prisons is a good question. Back to you. Okay,
1: verse, where did I leave off? I think I was on verse nine, wasn't I? If thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day, to love Yahweh thy God and to walk ever in his ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee, beside these three, that innocent blood be not shed in thy land, which Yahweh thy God gives thee for an inheritance, and so blood be upon thee. But if any man hate his neighbor and lie in wait for him and rise up against him, and smite him mortally that he die, and flees into one of these cities. Then the elders of his city shall send and fetch him thence, and deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood,
0: that he may die. Okay, no prison there. (laughs) They just hold him until the avenger comes. Wow. Okay.
1: Thine eyes shall not pity him, but thou shalt put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that
0: it may go well with thee. But I love that man. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, he's guilty. Uh, justice must be served. So it
1: does sound like there might have been like a temporary, uh, yeah, holding holding cell or, or, or place to keep these these people.
0: Yeah, um, until the Avenger shows up and, at least. Until right. the Avenger shows up, but
1: it wasn't not like today where somebody's there for. 20 years, you know, rotting in a cage.
0: Yeah, they may have had stocks or something like that instead of a prison, you know, where they they, uh, confine you to, you know, that board (laughs) with your head and your hands sticking through the stock, right? (laughs) That was very common in uh, Europe, very common, right? Okay.
1: All right, verse 14. Thou shalt not remove thy thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old have of time which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that Yahweh thy God gives thee to possess it. So don't try to claim property that yeah, is yours. Yeah. Oh,
0: I think I'll move my neighbor's uh, landmark to the other side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this river. I want it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can imagine. The, the, now, it's kind of difficult for us to comprehend that, Uh, You know, Israel, because the Israelites obviously are not to commit murder, but it happened. Mm -hmm. It happened. You know, so you don't need Jews to entice us to do murder or uh, disobey Yahweh's law. The Israelites were guilty on their own uh, way too often. Back to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Verse 15, one witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sins. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between between whom the controversy is shall stand before Yahweh, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and has testified falsely against his brother, then shall you do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shall thou put the evil
0: away from among you. Okay, yeah, you brought this up earlier. The punishment mm-hmm. for a false accuser, if it's, uh, if the uh, crime is worthy, worthy of death, the false accuser will die. Yep, and that's okay. only fair. That's right, yeah, because he put uh, he put the innocent person in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay.
1: Verse 20, and those which remain shall hear and fear and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And that I shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot.
0: Yeah, and now obviously, yeah, in the New Testament times, since we did have no Levitical process left anymore, the, any such judgments will be delayed until uh, the judgment day. So if you commit a murder and uh, you never um, repent of it, then uh, you will receive this judgment at the judgment day. Okay. So don't, don't think you can get away with murder. Back to you.
1: Okay. Now right. we're starting chapter 20. Did you want me to read this article first before we go uh, yeah. into it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, do that, please, because uh, it's a very important uh, subject that uh, we, we need to understand. Uh, somehow I lost the uh, – Article. No, I guess this is it. This is, uh, what is this? Trying the, the, what version of the Bible is this? I'm trying to figure out. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 20. Uh, oh, Bible study tools. Is that the right one? Bible study tools? Yeah,
1: that's it. Okay.
0: All right. I'll put that into the chat room. Okay. All right. Please continue.
1: Okay. Uh, this article is just entitled Deuteronomy 20. Exhortation and proclamation respect through so respecting those who went to war. In verses one to nine, we see peace to be offered and what cities were to be devoted in verses 10 through 20. So in verses one through nine, in the wars wherein Israel engaged according to the will of God, they might expect the divine assistance. The Lord was to be their only confidence. In these respects, they were types of the Christian's warfare. Those unwilling to fight must be sent away. The unwillingness might arise from a man's outward condition. God would not be served by men forced against their will. Thy people shall be willing. Psalm again, again, 110, verse 3.
0: Again, we show that people, uh, the Israelites, must do things of their own free will, even going to war. Mm hmm. Okay. I mean,
1: I mean, that's is so
0: clear. I don't yeah. know how that could be yeah.
1: misunderstood.
0: Oh, no, the draft. <laughs> thou, sh- <laughs> thou shalt be drafted. No. And, uh, you know, there, you might have had uh, a, a bad knee or a bad shoulder, and you're re- really unable to fight. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is very interesting stuff. Uh, never quite realized that, uh, you know, but obviously in terms of a militia, you would be, if you were unwilling to fight and you were perfectly healthy and had no other obligations, such as, we'll cover some of these obligations uh, briefly, that you would be seen as a coward and you would be humiliated, right? But if you uh, are injured or uh, if you uh, were just married or just uh, planted your farm, you would be exempted, okay? So there's all kinds of conditions. Back to you.
1: In running the Christian race, In fighting the good fight of faith, we must lay aside all that would make us unwilling. If a man's unwillingness rose from weakness and fear, he had to leave to return from the war. The reason here given is, lest his brethren's heart fail as well as his heart. We must take heed that we fear not with the fear of them that are
0: afraid. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12. Yeah, so who do you want in your foxhole with you? (laughs) A brave person or a a fearful person, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Verses 10 through 12. The
1: Israelites are here directed about the nations on whom they made war. Let this show God's grace in dealing with sinners. He proclaims peace and beseeches them to be reconciled. Let it also show us our duty in dealing with our brethren. Whoever are for war, we must be for peace. Of the cities given to Israel none of their inhabitants must be left. Since it could not be expected that they should be cured of their idolatry, they would hurt Israel.
0: Okay, Israel. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's speaking of the Canaanites na- nations, because only those were the ones commanded by Yahweh to be utterly destroyed and driven mm-hmm. out. Okay, this is not the case for the non-Canaanite nations. The author of this article should have pointed that out. Okay. All right, and, uh, and it's I think he uses the word brethren uh, in a you know in too broad a sense here, because certainly the Canaanites are not our brethren, but neither are the other nations with whom we are to engage possibly militarily. You know we're not to intermarry with them, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but here it gives the, the rules of engagement by which the Israelites are supposed to conduct themselves when confronting other nations, such as the Philistines. Okay, who, who were not Canaanites but still de- descended from Ham. Okay, so those people we could intermarry with, but certainly not other races. Back to you.
1: Yeah, the reason for the destruction of those tribes spoken of in Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, is because they had that satanic seed line. In that's right. That's
0: why. Yeah, he states here it's because they were ir- irredeemable. It doesn't say why, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's why. You pointed that out correctly. Of course, if you don't have the two seed line knowledge, you wouldn't understand that. Back back to you.
1: You really can't understand the entire Bible if you don't have that two seed line knowledge. That's right. It all flows from that. Amen. These regulations are not the rules of our conduct, but Christ's law of love. The horrors of war must fill the feeling heart with anguish upon every recollection and are proofs of the wickedness of man, the power of Satan, and the just vengeance of God who thus scourges a guilty world. But how dreadful their case, who are engaged in unequal conflict, conflict with their maker, who will not submit to render him the easy tribute of worship and praise. Certain ruin awaits them. Let neither the number nor the power of the enemies of our souls dismay us, nor let even our own weakness cause us to tremble or to faint. The Lord will save us, But in this war, let none engage whose hearts are fond of the world or afraid of the cross and the conflict. Care is here taken that in besieging cities, the fruit trees should not be destroyed. God is a better friend to man than he is to himself. And God's law consults our interests and our comforts, while our own appetites and passions, which we indulge, are enemies to our welfare. Many of the divine Precepts restrain us from destroying that which is for our life and food.
0: Okay, so the Israelis, you know, who are not Israelites, uh, have engaged in multiple destruction of orchards, orchard trees. So it's obvious they don't. We know that they don't obey Yah's laws anyway, but they certainly don't. uh, You know, they figure they can uh, because they can create money. They can purchase their food from anywhere, so uh, they don't think twice about destroying orchard trees. Back to you.
1: Okay. The Jews understanding this as forbidding all willful waste
0: upon any account whatsoever. Uh, the, the Jews don't I, we, I just said the Jews don't understand that, right?
1: Of course he's don't. thinking
0: Yeah. He's thinking, he's it means the Israelites. Yeah. Yeah. The and mm. uh, Judites, Israelites, right. yeah. Exactly.
1: Every creature of God is good, as nothing is to be refused. So uh, nothing is to be
0: abused. We may want
1: we may live to want what we carelessly waste.
0: Okay, so this is Judeo-Christianity in full bloom here. No, uh, (laughs) Yahweh says the Canaanites are not good. They're Mm -hmm. irredeemable, okay? So it's not true that every, well, okay, sorry. Uh, Every creature that Yahweh created, yeah, okay, has potential to be good. But the fallen ones fell out of heaven and were not capable of uh, doing good. Okay, so uh, that's a real problem. Uh, the, The hybrids, let's put it this way, the hybrids created by the fallen angels are not good and can't do any good. That's clear from Scripture. Okay, back to you. Chapter 20. Okay. When thou goest out to battle
1: against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and the people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For Yahweh thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be, when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For Yahweh your God is he that goes with you, to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, what man is there that has built a new house, and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle, and another man dedicate it. And what man is he that planted a vineyard, and has not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat of it. And what man is there that has betrothed the wife, and has not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle and another man take her. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart.
0: Okay, so you, can you imagine then that the commander is uh, standing before the the rank and file and saying, okay, which of you is a coward? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, and he's trembling with fear, right? Well, the thing is, if you're trembling with fear, then when you try to throw that arrow, <laughs> you might hit your uh, fellow Israelite in the back, right? Like mm-hmm. William Tell, if he if his hand was trembling... He would never be able to shoot that arrow off his, I mean, that apple off his son's head, right? He can't be trembling. He's got to be full possession of his faculties. So I can see the logic here, but I'll bet a lot of fearful trembling. Maybe uh, 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 some of these soldiers who were fearful were encouraged, even though they were, you know, by, by these words and by the fear of being humiliated, Right. So the fear of being humiliated is greater than the fear of battle. <laughs> All right, I can course, see that. They could
1: be abused too. They could say
0: they're scared when they're really not. Just That's to right. Get out That's of going to war. Amen. Right. Okay. But uh, you know the Israelites have to understand that Even should they die in battle, they will be compensated in the afterlife. Right. The so-called mm-hmm. afterlife in the kingdom. Put it that way. Back to you. Yep. Okay.
1: Verse nine. And it shall be, when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people, that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. When thou comest near unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be, if it make thee answer of peace, and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee, and they shall serve thee.
0: Okay, so here is the national commandment that the Israelites when engaging with enemy tribes shall offer them terms of peace and if the people accept that if the enemy tribe accept that then they will be under tribute they will not be assaulted okay there's no way shape or form are these people to be made slaves in our own households okay, they will be national tributaries, not personal slaves, okay, or personal uh, servants, okay, so I think that a lot of people fail to understand that, so, and this would include the Philistines, okay, so we're not to make war against them haphazardly, we're to offer them terms of peace, if they accept those terms, then uh, fine, you know, their tributes, uh, otherwise we go to war. This is totally unlike the Canaanites. The Canaanites are to be destroyed, period. Okay, back to you.
1: Verse 12, And if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it. And when Yahweh thy God has delivered it into thy hands, thou shalt smite every male thereof with the edge of the sword. But the women and the little ones and the cattle and all that is in the city, even all the spoil thereof, shalt thou take unto thyself, and thou shalt eat the spoil of thine enemies, which Yahweh thy God has given thee. Thus shalt thou do unto all the cities, which are very far off from thee, which are not of the cities of these nations.
0: Okay, so so these would have to be... Uh, people of our race, okay, which they had to destroy the males because they would be fighting men uh, against uh, the Israelites. But uh, this uh, this shows that uh, if they're uh, Adamites, okay, which uh, the Philistines were, uh, that you could take their women as wives and maybe servants. I'm not sure it's talking about wives, but certainly as servants because they are of the same race. Okay, back to you. Verse 16,
1: but of the city. Cities of these people, which Yahweh thy God does give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breathes, but thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as Yahweh thy God has commanded thee, that they teach you not to do after all the abominations which they have done unto their gods. So should ye sin against Yahweh your God. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time, in making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them, for thou mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down. For the tree of the field is man's
0: life, to employ them in the siege. Okay, so, yeah, again, uh, save the trees. Mm -hmm. Command it twice, okay.
1: Only the trees which thou knowest that they be not trees for meat, Thou shalt destroy and cut them down, and thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that makes war
0: with thee, until it be subdued. Okay, so you can cut trees down for lumber, but not fruit trees or orchard trees. Very interesting. And I think
1: I think we went over last week these these tribes in uh, uh, verse 17 that they were to totally destroy, and the old, here they list six of them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, we had seven of them listed. Right. And I think the only ones that aren't mentioned here are the Rephaim.
0: Right. And also, uh, the actually, it's uh, Genesis chapter 15, where they, um, there were 10 tribes. So let me go yeah, there. And right. uh, and then you can compare. Stay where you're at. I'll go to Genesis fifteen eighteen, and I'll list the tribes here. Sorry, Genesis 15, 19, and 20. The, uh, okay, and this is the promise of the land which is going to be inhabited by the Israelites and uh, you know, take, uh, taken away from the other inhabitants is the Kenites, the Kenizzites, and the Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaims, and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. So these are, they are 10 nations and uh in this list what there's only six or seven mhm there's six here in Deuteronomy uh 20 verse 17 okay. and then
1: in Deuteronomy at the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter 7 there's seven uh seven okay. nations listed so
0: so either those nations uh congregated you know uh e- either those tribes cease to exist or are they am- amalgamated into mm-hmm. uh, into a single tribe or to two yeah. or three tribes. So, But nevertheless, it's still the same bloodline, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. The Kenites, okay, stemming from the Kenites, who are, of course, the descendants of Cain. All right? Mm-hmm. Very good. And All again, right.
1: if you don't understand the two seed line doctrine, then none of this is going to make any sense. I, I had a debate with a woman not too long ago about this and... Um, saying how, oh, how could uh, yeah. a just God right. order all these poor people to be destroyed because yeah. she didn't understand the seed line that they had right. this Cain satanic seed line in them.
0: Yes, yeah, and wow. at least the commentator, uh, you know, that we uh, Bible study tools at least understood that these people were irredeemable. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you have not
1: known why they were
0: irredeemable, exactly. Were irredeemable. Yes, yeah. And so I think he just assumed they were guilty of some sort of sin or other, right? Uh, Because they were evil people uh, to begin with, right? But uh, irredeemable from that perspective, but uh, never would occur to him that their blood is tainted, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is such an important concept that they have tainted blood, and there's no way you can rectify that tainted blood. I mean, if Yahweh wanted to, he could, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, uh, it's too much trouble, and only the uh, Israelites would uh, be capable of uh, dispensing that. T- well, we were supposed to learn because ultimately, at the judgment day, our duty will be to maintain uh, uh, peace and order in the world. Okay, because uh, Yahshua will rule with a uh, with an iron rod. And uh, the kingdom, the government of the kingdom, the 144,000, will dispense justice accordingly. Okay? So uh, Yahweh does not want to have a universe in which uh, the people are automatons, but nevertheless, he doesn't want sin to be be running rampant. So finally, at the Judgment Day, all of this uh, evil will be corrected or gotten rid of. It'll be gotten rid of. But that doesn't mean that uh, people won't, you know, non-Israelites of the 144,000 won't be committing sins. There there has to be a system of justice dispensed quickly in the kingdom, right? That's how Mm -hmm. I see it anyway. I agree. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so there's nothing uh, that we can do about that because Yahweh allows free will. And obviously the angels that left their first estate – used their free will to take that fall, <laughs> to take that deep dive from uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Well, let's call it heaven, you know, from another dimension into this dimension against uh, Yahweh's rules. You know, we're supposed to enter this world through the womb and not mm-hmm. by other means. We, we're not told by what means they left the heaven, their heavenly estate, you know, their first estate, but they mm-hmm. did. Okay. All right. So that takes us to the end of uh, Deuteronomy 20. We'll pick it up to Genesis, I'm sorry, uh, 21 next week. Okay. Okay. We'll see you next week. Very good. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. Take care. Yahweh bless everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.